Computer, initialize Holosuite. You think it's a sexual attraction? In the future, if I have any questions about mating behavior, I don't know where to go. Thank you for joining us on the Janeway, the Voyager podcast, where my wonderful co-host, who is never in danger of losing his sex appeal, <laughs> Liam Smart, and I, Suzanne Williamson, look at Voyager episodes to work out whether our favorite captain has approached things in the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. By the time we finish this podcast in 2072, when I'm, I'll be there. <laughs> 80-something. We'll see what's my sex appeal then. <laughs> You'll still be sexy as fuck. Oh, well, thanks. I, I feel completely <laughs> anti-sexy right now. Anyway, <laughs> before we get started with the episode today, why not give us a follow on Twitter at the Jane underscore way. But more importantly... Uh, We're in the middle of the voting period for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So go to podcastawards.com and nominate slash vote for our show because you should do so because you love us. We need even more validation. And I've had a shit month and I feel like I deserve it. We are in the TV and film category as well as the Adam Curry, I think that's his name, People's Choice thing but we probably won't do well in that one because there's way too many people. But vote for us in the TV and film category because that's the one that we could potentially win and it would be the most ridiculous meme possible if our show wins something because fuck some of the shit that comes out of our mouths. It would be the Jane way. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> I mean, yes, it would definitely be the Jane way. And do you know what? I'm fucking ram my ship into you if you don't vote for us. <laughs> and I said ship. Not anything else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, so do things the right way and vote the Jane way. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, don't. No, you're going to make me more confused about last episode. I'm still confused about how we did it. <laughs> I have no idea. I was. E- I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to think about it because it hurt my brain. I was editing it and I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is shit. What content are we putting out? <laughs> So don't vote based on that episode, but every other episode mm. that has brought you joy and laughter and, and sex made you cabins. wonder, what the hell are these people talking about? An orgasm wins. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne, what's new in the last two weeks? I'm only asking you. You're not allowed to ask me. Oh, okay. Well, my house was for sale. It has now sold. Yay. So I'm in packing hell right now. How long have you been living in that house for? Almost six years. Oh, oh, that's a long time. And you're still staying in South Carolina? Yeah. We're only going like maybe 10 miles away from where we are right now. Oh, well, that's that's all right, I suppose. Like, you don't have to go (laughs) go to the same shop. Yeah, but that, oh. 
I like change, and this really isn't change. It's just a different house. That's the only change. Well, you could have moved to Melbourne, or currently I'm back in South Australia, stuck here because of fucking COVID. But anyway. Yeah, as as we talked about before we started recording, uh, there is no way I could afford to live in Australia. Yeah, house prices here are fucked. So I don't think most people can afford to have a house in Australia unless you're from a generation of rich, wealthy people. Yeah, that, that, no. No, it's like, <laughs> same, same. Although, actually, do you know what? I know we had such great listener reception from when you said you were doing your tax return. And I mean, I just have to advise everyone that I've done my tax return now. <laughs> Yay! Turns out Bravo. I was overtaxed. By about eight thousand dollars, so I get Ooh, eight grand tax returns. I'm gonna buy me a switch, cash and I'm money. gonna buy me Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl, and I'm gonna sit there and I'm just gonna fucking play those games in sorrow. Anyway, what are we doing today? Uh, I think we're recording a podcast about what? About Star Trek. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's probably Voyager a good thing. season two. Episode Elogium. It's the sex appeal episode. It's the space sperm episode. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we get underway? Firstly, let us begin. Let's go to IMDb and say it's a fucking tragedy that people seem to think that this is only worth six stars and last week's episode was worth. A shit ton. I'm sorry, this episode is a god, and Kess or Jennifer Lean does such a good job. Whoever gave it that rating on IMDb should be beaten with, like, a wet noodle or something, because that's just wrong. That's 1.5... No, that's a terrible way to say it. That's 1,500 people have said it averages out of six. And (laughs) I will laugh at some of the comments, though. (laughs) Oh, what are they? Like, some of the reviews, I'm not going to read them all. But it's like, Kess the Bug Eater, perhaps the strangest episode. Beetleos, part of this nutritious breakfast. <laughs> okay, you can tell right away that these are mostly Americans saying this. Because they're like, ew, eating bugs, ew. I'm sorry, people eat bugs all over the world and they're nutritious and sometimes very delicious. Yeah, but I also think it's kind of gross. <sighs> like, Maybe. ew, bugs. You've never eaten grasshoppers? No. I ate a snail once and I felt like crying. What about mealworms? No. No. Oh, gosh, no. Somebody bought me like candied bug or something. I don't know what it was. And I just wanted to vomit. Ugh. Oh, oh you need to try grasshoppers. Mm. They're good. No. No. Yeah. God. Mm. This is my favorite one, though. Obviously, it goes, Voyager has lost its sex appeal. But the first paragraph of this, uh, (laughs) of the review goes, well, we can mark off spaceship viewed as a sexual competition off the galactic to-do list. I'm a Trek fan, and I always maintain that Star Trek is at its most weird, bland soap opera is much better, is a much better time than most shows at their pinnacle of quality. This episode is ridiculous. And yeah, basically... That's what it says. I've, I've really fucked up saying that, but anyway, <laughs> that's what it says, roughly. And I would agree. I really enjoyed the episode. I love this episode. It's fun. Mm. It has some great lines and a lot of Janeway Chakotay flirting, which I'm always down for. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so <laughs> my brain was going way wild throughout this episode. Um, <laughs> so we open with Chakotay walking down the corridor and then he opens a turbo lift and he captures two people pashing in the turbo lift. And they're like, oh, oh, no. And I mean, he clearly wanted to join in. He's like, well, hey. <laughs> no, he looked very angry. No, 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 no. That was just that was just a fake angry. No, I. That would that was total jealousy on his part. He's like, "What can I do that with Catherine in the turbo lift?" <laughs> like in all those fanfics I've read. Damn it! <laughs> it's all the fanfics that he's also wrote himself. <laughs> Ooh, That's true. <laughs> this is just like story fanfic number four hundred and twenty-two. Catherine and I meet him turbo fi- turbo lift number five. I push her up against the bulkhead and take her lips passionately. I, I tried to insert, but instead I accidentally hit the button that said bridge. And then we went up to the bridge and everyone <laughs> saw my dick. It was worth it, though, because Catherine had a smile. And she walked onto the bridge and she goes, do it. And then everyone joined in, even Tuvok, which was a very interesting experience. Who knew Vulcans were packing so much? Never, sorry, I've lost you, haven't I? <laughs> oh my goodness I want to know where this goes (laughs) (laughs) they took things down to the holodeck and then they slipped on their own palms (laughs) oh no not back to the holodeck (laughs) not back to the holodeck I don't have anywhere that this Um, can go viewers listeners please finish my story so I yeah I definitely think that Chakotay was jealous, and that was his anger face, his jealousy face. Like, damn it! Uh-oh. Other people can snog in the turbo lift. I want to. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then Tom and Kess show up holding a bunch of bowls of cabbage or whatever, and he's like, "What's going on there?" Whilst Kess' face looks absolutely disgusted that people were kissing in the turbo lift, and he goes, "It's indiscreet shipboard fraternization." But is that an actual term that you reckon military I, use? I guess. I mean, I know there's shipboard fraternization, but yeah, I guess you could throw indiscreet in there and that sounds professional-ish, hmm. Starfleet-ish. If there's a big jump in what we're talking about right now, it's because we can't remember what we were speaking about before the Suzanne's internet went down. So we're just going to swiftly move on to Tom saying... Sorry, I missed it. Now, there was someone who wanted to be involved. Mm, or just watch Sorry. while he eats his cabbage leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that could work. Put some dressing on the cabbage. I'm just going to stand here and watch. Uh, don't mind me. Yes. I'll try and be quiet while I chew my cabbage. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, have you heard of the sex cabin? Perhaps you'd be involved. <laughs> Yeah, why didn't any of this take place in the sex cabin? I mean, I'm fairly sure we really needed to see a a scene on the pool table. Oh, yes. Behind the bar, somewhere in Sandrine's. Yeah. So, then we get... Kess has taken the cabbage to the mess hall, where Neelix is being a fucking wank stain. Oh, God, he was such a damn jerk. That was awful, just giving the silent treatment. I guess you're going to go and see Tom Paris later. It's like, you said, see you later. It's like, seriously? Get a grip. How many times have you said that to people, Neelix? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there is a difference. Kess is pretty. Neelix looks like a rat. He looked 
particularly unattractive in this episode. I think I think that's just because we know like his personality in this episode was just awful. Like I mean, more than usual for his makeup, but it, he looked I don't know sweaty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> more sweaty to catch later on. Well, yeah, but she didn't look that bad. No, true. So they find a bug, which obviously is going to come back later to be interesting. But yeah, basically... Not for long. (laughs) But then, like, Kess and Neelix are just arguing about Neelix being just a dick. And I I just thought the whole scene was just like, this is just toxic. Like, not not a great sort of... Yeah. Relationship. Not not good at all. So moving on, still in the cold open. Janeway, we're on the bridge. And Janeway says that she found some form of magnetic disturbance cloud thing. And she uh, mm-hmm. wants to go and take a closer look. <laughs> of course she does. <laughs> really? Science boner. No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if this, if this were TOS, it would probably just be like a giant bar magnet in space or something that they come across instead of some CGI sperm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Janeway going to want to take a closer look. Janeway. I mean, it's fr- fr- going Janeway. home. There's a magnetic disturbance. Oh. How exciting. It might be dangerous. We have to check it out. <laughs> what problems? We can could we, all die. Well, there may be a problem that I can fix. No problems too big for Catherine Janeway. Captain Catherine Janeway. <laughs> so Janeway and Chakotay then start talking about the kiss. Oh, God. I love this part because the entire time she's talking to him, she keeps staring at his lips. Oh, is this the lip stary scene? She just kept staring at his lips and kind of like, Biting hers. Yeah, yeah, she won't. Yeah. She wanted some of that. Even though she was saying that even though people are going to be pairing off and lonely, she says she does not have mm-hmm. the luxury to do that as captain. Sure. I mean. I don't believe you. I don't believe it. Because especially when Chakotay's like, <laughs> even you. Catherine, my love. This is fan fiction number 728. <laughs> Let's retire to the ready room. Bow, bow, bow. Feel free to follow us, Mr. Kim. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bolana. If anybody needs to follow, it's Bolana. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's talking about that, though, like, and they need to make a policy about fraternization. And Janeway's like, Star Trek is reluctant to make those kind of decisions, but they are a long way from home and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I, I do kind of think, I think there's a lot of things in there. Like, should she make a decision on it? Should she... Actually, no. Let's just let's let's park that one. Let's just go. What kind of decision mm-hmm. is her thinking that she can't have someone because she's that is the, the wrong way? That's the wrong way. I mean, let's face it. Yes. She has needs. She does, and it's not good for your mental health. So to what? To not to deny yourself a connection with someone else, oh, well. especially when that connection when that connection is palpable. Everybody can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were saying, when you were saying denying stuff, and I'm like, well, yeah, you got to have a D. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, no, the emotional side of things. And Chakotay's is right there. His his chat. Um, <laughs> in fanfic <laughs> in fanfic number two hundred and eleven, he calls his penis Chack. No. I stick my Chack in the captain. Jack in the cap. No. <laughs> Not a jack in the box, a jack in the cap. What the fuck is my brain doing? 
Moving on. Yes. Yeah, they find the disturbance. Turns out it's not a bar magnet. It's these little worm things. It's space sperm. Yeah, well, do, do you know what? Like, they thought that this is one of the times in season one that they're like, this is a really good time that we could use some really cool CGI stuff. Oh, and I, it was really cool at the time. It did not age well. But do you know what? They actually huh. took sort of images. I'm fairly sure it was images. It was something of the sort. Like, did they use actual sperm? So I'm gonna. I can't. I can't do this any other way but other than reading in it. Okay. The optical effect for the cloud of spaceborne organisms, despite being CGI, was partly composited from magnified footage of sperm. I knew it. I knew it was sperm. It's like actual fucking like sperm. That look, it looks like damn sperm in space, the way they were moving. I could tell. Sperm in space. In space. <laughs> Can you imagine, was it, you know that like Uncle Sam thingy about wars or something, or I can't remember if it was America or in the UK, where it's like pointing at you. It's like, your country needs you. You know that? Yes. Well, I want you. When I was watching this, I was like thinking of that image and this goes, Star Trek needs your sperm. <laughs> you can just imagine like everyone jacking into a cup and being like, have we got enough sperm now, CGI department? <laughs> Send this to Paramount. They need it. <laughs> Start getting <laughs> sperm in the mail. <laughs> 72,000 Star Trek spams. Spams? <laughs> <laughs> 72,000 Star Trek fans descended on Paramount Studios with little cups of sperm for their most recent episode, <laughs> Elogium. They thought they may be able to bring the second part of the episode around, but alas, that did not work. They were promptly instructed to dispose of the sperm <laughs> thoughtfully. Uh, we haven't even got to the end of the cold open. <laughs> I did not like that she just had to bring up Mark in this. Yeah, that was a bit pointless. Like, no, nobody cares. You've been gone for nine months. He's well and truly stuck his check somewhere else. Right. Yeah. You know, move on. Move on. He's probably sent your dog to the pound. He's <laughs> like got rid of all Janeway stuff. Yeah, no, they, they want to study it. We move on to the Airponics Bay and we find some more bugs. Whilst Kess is like mindfully playing with the cabbage, she reaches over and she eats them. And then that's kind of a bit gross, but in my opinion, I guess I'm not a bug eater. But they looked like chocolate-covered almonds. With a bit of blue paint on them. Yeah. Yeah. But then the face she makes when she realizes she's eating them. She holds them up in front of her face, yeah. And her eyes were like... They do that weird camera angle. That's That was cool. That's probably like a fisheye lens or something, isn't it? With the the whole big eyes and so on. Yeah, and then we're in the credits. That was a very, very long cold open. For us, we've been recording for 32 minutes. But we had that big stretch in there where... Where the internet died, yeah. I was not connected. (laughs) So after the credits, we go to the bridge. And I think that these little random creatures are sort of scared of some sort. They don't really know what they are. They find out that they're traveling at 3,000 kilometers per second, living out in space, where they're sort of like porously taking in nutrients or something. But the most important part of this scene is we get a new character. Edson Wildman yeah, starts. The Wildman. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We're like, at this stage, will she die? What kind of role is she going to play in this episode? Is she a character that's going to stick around? Or is she going to be an absent mother in the future? You never know. And where the hell is Joe Carey? Damn it. Yeah, but Joe Carey can't be pregnant. 
No, but he could have been, you know, like, instead of having the whole Neelix surrogate father for Naomi, it could have been Joe. And Joe and Samantha could have been a couple. Oh, uh, mm. would you want to wish that on old Samantha Wildman, though? That's in some really good fanfics, damn it. <laughs> Chikose fanfiction <laughs> number 1208. <laughs> I'm bored of writing Chicote and Catherine Janeway fanfics, and so now I will write about inconsequential characters on my ship. <laughs> Samantha Wildman and Joe Carrier were caught in the nacelle of all the strange places to find them. Now I totally want to see Chicote just writing fiction. <laughs> <laughs> New Star Trek spinoff. After Star Trek Picard, there was Star Trek Chicote. Chicote sitting, writing fanfics in his office. <laughs> Imagine somebody coming across those files when they're going through the computer. <laughs> what is all this? Right. <gasps> Captain, you have to read this. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I in? 370 stories. You know, she'd just get mad because, Chakotay, you're not supposed to tell anybody about what we've done. And you wrote it down? Come on. (laughs) Why are you telling everyone my safe word is JanewayPi110? Isn't that everyone's safe word? I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) We're in Kes's quarters now. Uh, so we cut to Kess eating heaps of just like stuff and shit out of bowls. Um, when Neelix walks in with some flowers and he wants to apologize for his behavior. And I'm like, oh, Neelix is apologizing. And that's kind of nice because he was a jerk. And Kess is like, yeah, you were basically a jerk. Mm-hmm. And then he starts going on about, it's just not you that I don't trust. It's him. Ugh, I hate that argument. And yeah, I mean... I've made that argument in the past, and I'm not quite proud of that one, but that's my own insecurity. This is, like, ten years ago. But, like, yeah, no, Neelix is just an absolute fuckstick in this episode. Yeah. So, Neelix then finds her stash of food, and, uh... Everyone has a stash of mashed potatoes, I'm sorry. <laughs> with nitrogenated soil. Mmm. Toasty. And then she he pretty much forces her to sick bay, Like, manhandles her... And carries her to sickbay. Yeah, carries her off. It's like, oh. Although she was getting kind of, you know, just shoving the food in. and Yeah, true. It wasn't pretty. Like bulimia style, I guess, or something, isn't it? Like yeah. when you eat that much food. And she was binging. Binging, yeah. We're on the bridge and uh, Janeway and Tricote are following these things because Janeway needs all the science bonus that she can get because she can't get the chack. But it's right there. <laughs> I'm gonna have to call Dick's Chacks now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. As I think I've said before that in my notes I write C H A K for Chicote. Now I'm gonna have to find something else. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. So yeah, they're following them, um, but the ship gets stuck and gets starts to be pulled towards the little space sperm things. They talk about the reason for it. I can't remember the reason for it. It's probably just some science bullshit. Mr. Tuvok can't raise the shields as they're pulled in towards the space protozoa. They can't warp out because they'll kill it. And they're trying to find out reasons and all of that crap. And I'm like, oh, here comes the B plot of the episode. Or is it the A plot? Yeah, I I couldn't fathom which was the A and which was the B. Mm. I think it was all just an A and a half plot, really. You're an A and a half. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then Belana was like, we could make a Targ scoop, which I kind of thought was cool because, like, in my car I've got, like, 
I don't know, mm-hmm. I bought it with the car. I've got like a kangaroo whistle thing that's like, fuck off kangaroos, because if I hit a kangaroo, my car and I'll be dead if I'm hitting one at 110, so. I thought of like what they have on the front of trains, you know, the cattle thing. Oh, what, like little, literal train scoop things? Well, yeah, because they have that little pointy grade at the front. Mm-hmm. It's, that's just, that's so, so they that's can. That's what I equate That's so they literally can like just buff them out of the way. Well, yeah, because anything hit by a train, is just, it's gone. Mm. Just gone. But, like, I don't know, the thing that I got on my car, and I don't even know if they actually work. I don't feel like I want to call them, like, a hopper stopper or something because they, like, stop the hoppy kangaroos. It's just a little thing that the wind goes through and makes a whistly sound. Yeah, yeah. We have those for deer. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, does it work? I mean, I haven't seen a kangaroo whilst driving for the last three years in this car. I mean, I see deer all the time. But I haven't hit one, that's, thankfully. That's probably- I saw a wombat as well. You did? Yes. Did you see the poop? Yes, it's cubic. From them cubic yes, assholes. Square poop. <laughs> so just a complete digression there. If you hit a wombat, yeah, you're definitely fucked because they're built like pigs, like chunky pigs. Yeah, that's kind of like an armadillo, I guess. Uh, yeah, quite possibly, actually. Uh, so yeah, no, so yeah, just like a little tank going down the road. Yeah, very, do you know that? And these these tanks can go at like forty kilometers an hour, some, oh. somehow. And I'm like, how the That's fuck does quick. a wombat travel that fast? Turns out they can only do yeah, it for like chunky looking. They can only do it for a hundred meters. <laughs> <laughs> That's about how long I could go. <laughs> Lucky you! I can't go for that long. <laughs> and definitely not that fast. But yeah, speed isn't always the. The key. The tortoise and the hare tells you that. <laughs> I wasn't trying to make any joke other than the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> sure. Get your mind out of the gutter, Suzanne. Oh, but it's so much fun down there. I mean, I could argue that it is. <clears throat> um, so after the tag scoop thingy, we go to sick bay. Neelix is being, oh, insufferable and pissing the Ugh. doctor off. To the point where the doctor basically kicks Neelix out of sick bay. I cheered at that moment. I was like, thank you, doctor. Yeah, it's like he was getting so pissed off with Neelix. He reckons that something to do with the electro blah blahs in her body are all being affected potentially by the space sperm. Mm-hmm. Back on the bridge, Neelix then storms his way up there and complains <sighs> about being kicked out. It's like the whole hologram versus flesh and blood thing comes up again. And it's like, nah, I know that all the people that seem to be so super over the top about Star Trek are like, oh, it's such a good conversation, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I'm here for the dirt. No, I'm sorry. The doctor's real. That's all there is to that. Yeah, exactly. So Janeway don't give two shits about Neelix (laughs) until she finds out that Kes is ill. Yeah, that's when she was like, oh, Kes is ill. What? <laughs> I wasn't listening to you until you said that, but what? What's wrong? And yeah, she she wants to find out what's happening. Now, is that an attitude thing that we should be like is wrong? Because you're not really. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that was the right thing. She cares about Kess. But what about? She doesn't care about Neelix. She cares about Kess. Yeah. So you think it's the right way? I do, because she's showing concern. I suppose she's showing concern for, for... Kess, but at the same time... Um, <laughs> Not giving a fuck not about Neelix. Not listening to Neelix, well, which is definitely the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You whiny little Talaxian, what the fuck do you want now? Stop fucking talking. <laughs> in sickbay, again, Kess is like weirded out and has locked herself in the office. Yeah, she was like, ooh, psycho. Mm-hmm. 
and she was like going backwards and forwards and, and pacing and again yeah. really quite good acting from uh, Jennifer Lane and oh, she was like amazing. sweaty as well and all kind of yucky and the doctor says that there's some kind of strange growth on her back that they're not really sure about Neelix tries to calm her down but she basically just ignores Neelix <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Janeway on the other hand is like trying to be like what's up let me in we'll, we'll have a talk about it we think it's the space sperm that could be affecting you which is a right thing to do probably because she's been like mm -hmm. all mama Janeway about it and yeah she's being calm yeah and, and she's caring. not demanding things she's just wanting to help yeah yeah and Kess realizes that she's just wanting to help, lets her in, and then we find out what's happening with her. Mm -hmm. Kess is basically going through a compum puberty. But she's not even two. I know. So, like, her body is preparing for fertilization, and she's, like, growing a mutual sack on the back. And, I mean, like... I just can't imagine you birthing from your back, because doesn't your spine get in the way? I mean, it's in a sack that grows on the outside. I mean, sacks tend to grow in puberty, I suppose. So, like, if it grows... Like, it grows on the back. It won't be in the way of the spine. I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking of other sacks. <laughs> well, my sack grew at puberty, I guess. <laughs> Not to a position where I'm satisfied with it, but anyway... <laughs> No, like the spine wouldn't get in the way. Like it will just grow on the outside of your back and it will just sort of fall off, you know? Like So it's like a mole. Yeah, like a baby-making mole. A baby mole. It's a, <laughs> I gave birth to a mole. <laughs> no, like you, you know, like how giraffes just sort of drop the giraffe out of themselves from whatever height that they're standing. Maybe that's... And hope that they live. Yeah, that's probably what they do. The companies are just like walking down the street. Oh, my baby fell out. <laughs> you know. I was just, it, because in human females. Because I'm glad you're telling me this because I do not know. <laughs> when you get pregnant, organs and things move out of the way as the baby grows. Do they? Ew. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed like, to do. I've seen pictures. Your stomach moves up and, and then like your lungs are compressed. And... Oh, that seems very inefficient. So it's just like, ow, if the baby's growing, it's going to, that's going to hurt on the spine. But maybe the sack just grows outwards. I mean, I guess we kind of have to think towards before and after. Yeah, but we don't really see that part. No, we don't even see the sack. Talking no. about seeing sacks, have you seen Sex Life <laughs> on Netflix? No, Fucking hell, episode three. Whew. The size of that thing. <laughs> now, listeners, just to, be, just to be warned, I now have a cat purring on my lap. So if you hear <laughs> purring and we haven't managed to edit it out, I apologize. But then again, I'm not editing this episode. This is Suzanne's shit show to deal with. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I did the hour and 45 with Ketwalski that we were like a terrible human beings on. You can do this one. <laughs> Oh, that was a great episode, though. It's a shame he couldn't come back for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's talking about the fact that, yes? I was going to say, about this entire scene, Janeway hugs are the best hugs. I want one of those. Yeah, they kind of looked nice. So she was touching her sack. I was like, oh. <laughs> it all comes back to touching the sack. No wonder Chakotay is jealous of everyone. <laughs> the Jack in the... Sack. 
No, it's the check of the cap. <laughs> the check and the sack in the cap. This is like some sort of perverted Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I'm going to move on. <laughs> yes, please do. Um, so, yeah, we find out it's the elosium and that it only occurs once and she must have a child now because, you know, that's that's what must happen because but it's only supposed to happen when they're four and five. So that's going to be the point of the episode. Can the Ocompans actually survive with only having one child? No. Yeah. Because you've got two people going like, to one. That makes sense. So then yeah. only four people going to two to one. Yeah, so they're just destined to not exist. But maybe they have lots of, of twins and triplets in those sacks. Could you imagine, like, octuplets in the sack? <laughs> You'd be like, that'd be like having triple E breasts or something. <laughs> the opposite way. Like, you wouldn't be able to walk straight. You're, like, tilted back the whole time. <laughs> you have to have breasts, like enlargement surgery to like <laughs> even it out right <laughs> so after after this uh, bombshell of a story plot we go to the bridge and the cgi sperm are just wiggling around and uh as sperm do as sperm do yeah and then uh Chakotay and janeway start talking about whether it's about kids and whether it's a generational ship and then that's, she's talking about, well, I can't say whether people should or shouldn't have kids, but is it the right thing to do to allow kids to t- grow up on a ship like this? Well, it's definitely right that she can't tell people not to have children. I don't know. Like, it probably is the right way. Do you think? Yeah, because doing anything else, uh, yeah. But has she made the decision or is she just having a chance? So she hasn't really made the decision, has she yet? Is this going to be one of those decisions that she puts up for a vote? <laughs> <laughs> Those many times that she votes in Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> no, is the answer to yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> I think I might leave that. I don't think there's really a decision made there. She's just having a chat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're just talking. Uh, down in what I think sick bay, but it could also be Kess's quarters. I'm not entirely sure. Neelix and Kess talk about um, having to have one now. Uh, Kez wants Neelix to mate with her. Why? I mean, apparently she loves him, but and, gross. And haven't they already? Well, this is the thing. Have they? Like, I'm fairly sure they've definitely, like, had sex, but I don't... I guess mating is something different than sex. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I suppose it is, because he doesn't put his own chack in... A cap, does he? Like uh, he doesn't really have a check, does he? No, no, he has a Neelix, Neelix. Um, yeah, no. So that's that's that. So she wants a baby, and this, this is kind of like teenage pregnancy, I think, in a way, because she's so young and mm-hmm. and that. And Neelix is basically, I reckon, scared, and he's not sure that he wants one, and starts making up all these excuses, as legitimate as some of them are, about it. <laughs> And has to look after them, make sure they don't stick their fingers in plasma conduits, etc. And then Neelix, and then Kess is like, sorry, and then Kess is like, well, that's called being a parent. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Uh, Children are inconvenient. Yes. Inconvenient. But totally but, worth it. Oh, really though? Yeah, that's another thing, oh, isn't it? 
Mine is. Logan is. Other people's, no, <laughs> but mine is. Logan is pretty cute. <laughs> yes, he gets that from his mama. Oh, not from Timothy. Oh, no, he looks exactly like Timothy. It's just Timothy shrunken down. <laughs> Aw. Then, as they're talking, out come the garlic naan hands. And <laughs> to me, it looked like she had salmon roe on her hands. Oh, oh. No. You know how you get that on sushi sometimes? Yeah. It's like they just put her hands in that. That's what it Yeah, like. or at least my brain went to Indian food again. Ooh. Because mm, I fucking love garlic naan. But you know like the garlic naan that you sometimes get with like the orange bits that are garlic naan? Or the garlicky things? That's that's what I'm... I've I've never had them with orange bits on. No? Uh, no. I don't know. Maybe that's an Australian Indian thing. I don't know. Hmm. Mm. Well, fancy that. Uh, yeah, so that's called the Epasaphore. We get whole loads of, like, random names in this episode. Like the Mitrial Sack, the Ipasaphore, mm-hmm. the uh, or whatever it's called. And how long do they have to be stuck together? Six days, Six something like that? Six days. But- Neelix's, the look on Neelix's face at that point was like... Yikes. How ridiculous. Like, they've really come up with the most ridiculous possible alien mating practice. Probably to get around the fact mm-hmm. that she's two, or well, not even two, and Neelix is like 40. Like, you're stuck together. You can't, you can't, you're going to have to hold your pee for six days. That's impossible. I mean, the idea of Neelix trying to keep it up for six hours is uh, six days is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he could do it for six hours. <laughs> I wonder if it's possible. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of Viagra. And it would be like a lot of edging to be like... Oh, but if you take too much Viagra, you're in trouble. Are you? I don't know. I've never taken that's it. that's not going anywhere. Yeah, you'll have to go to the doctor. Wait, so it just doesn't go down? No. Ever? Well, eventually. Oh. Well, if you need it for six days, you might as well just keep it up. Just get an implant. Oh, no, no, no one's going to go chopping near my penis. Thank you very much. <laughs> In, just insert it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Leave my chack alone. Okay, then strap strap a popsicle stick to it. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like splint it up. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not even sure anyone could actually last for six days, though. <sighs> no, God, you need sleep. I wonder how long the long... I wonder, I wonder if this is a Guinness Book of World Records. Let's have a look. What is the world's longest orgy? Well, no, because that's going to be more than two people. Let's just have a look. Ah, uh, I want... No, that's about... World's... How, how, would I go, how would I Google this? Longest sexual encounter? Copulation. Longest copulation. <laughs> world's longest orgy. Nope. I should probably I should probably not be googling this. <laughs> Your word. <laughs> even even Google can't decipher my uh, typing errors. <laughs> Google doesn't want to know. Encounter. Sex world records ask men India. Okay, sure, why not? In 2004, a, f- a female had sexual intercourse with a whopping 919 men in a 12-hour period. Well, then, I... She wasn't walking for a while. 
No. No. I'm just going to stop Googling, I think. Yes, please, because I'm just... I don't even know where we were, but yeah. And then they've got 50 hours to decide, basically, because otherwise the garlic naan will disappear from our hand, or the salmon roe will disappear. Uh, that that makes sense, because ovulation... Oh, yeah, you've got, like, a certain amount of time that it's... Yeah, you have, you have... Once the egg releases, you have X number of hours to do it and hope for implantation. <laughs> Welcome to the Janeway podcast, where we educate you poorly, educate you poorly <laughs> on things that you really should not listen to us for. This would be the Trump University sex ed class. <laughs> hey, got a little bit more class than that. <laughs> Welcome to your third year class on Chack in the Cap. <laughs> <laughs> so, down in the mess hall, Neelix kills someone with what appears to be too much pepper sauce. Um, that's exciting. Tuvok walks in and just wants food, but no, Neelix wants to talk about stuff. Wants to talk about parenting, which this was this was a nice scene. I mean, let's face it. This was this was a great scene for Tuvok. Mm. And I mean, Tuvok's got four kids, and Tuvok's sort of saying the logic and illogic coordinate. Tuvok is talking about the logic and illogical nature of children in terms of how he doesn't mm-hmm. feel emotion, yet he constantly thinks about them. Yeah. And I suppose that's the same thing as you've got a kid. Yeah, he drives me nuts, but ugh, I love him to death. Yeah. I was kind of creeped out with Neelix bringing up the different ways that he could educate a son. I know, right? I was like, why would you even write this into the episode? No, and why would you... No. I mean, it just, again, like, the, no. the whole concept of Neelix wanting a boy is just so typical mm. Neelix being, like, fucking stupid. But, yeah, can't fucking teach him survival skills. Like, he lost his lungs within 30 seconds of being on a planet. <laughs> yeah, he could probably teach piloting skills. I mean, we haven't seen him pilot, Maybe. but he flew a spaceship. But I'm sorry, you don't be like, oh, I could have a son because I could teach them romantic techniques. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Practical sessions? That's fucking weird. It's it's like, yeah, ooh, get him on the holodeck and grade him on things. Now, son, today we're going to learn how to use your tongue. <laughs> it's like, why, Dad? I'm only three. It's like, well, when your mother gave birth to you at two. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much I can teach you, boy. It's like the doctor's lessons to seven of nine. <laughs> Fucked up. But he also doesn't need to teach a daughter romantic techniques. Either. Doesn't need to teach anyone romantic techniques. You just have to learn no. by yourself. No. Yeah. And from porn. That's what porn is for. <laughs> yes. Just don't. That's what the internet is for. Mm-hmm. Because the internet is for porn. That's basically it. That's all I use it for. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and Tuvok's like, there's an equal chance that you can have a girl, and yeah, you fucking go, Tuvok. Why can't you teach those yeah. things to a girl except romantic techniques? Because you shouldn't exactly. be teaching those to your children. That, and I don't think Neelix has any, so he has nothing to teach. You can teach them Leola root techniques. No romantic techniques. I don't think he has any romantic oh, techniques. No, that's why he's with whatsoever. The, that's why he's with a child. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. Where are we? Back on the bridge. Uh, we. S- oh. 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 oh, oh Suzanne's got something to say. Oh, and the cat jumped off of me. <laughs> I just looked at my notes and I, yeah. 
with all the technical advances in the 24th century and on this amazing high-end brand new starship why is neelix still cooking over an open flame (laughs) you really hate that open flame don't you i do because they could have like retrofitted something in there some sort of plasma doohickey or whatever maybe it's a holographic it doesn't need to be an open flame maybe it's a holographic flame well then why isn't the doctor ever in there if they have hollow technology in in the mess hall maybe it's just a holographic technology in the hob and that's it or in the stove, whatever you want to so call it. So the doctor could have popped up there at any time. <laughs> in the in the. I'm cooking with the doctor. Um, that would be an int- that'll be an interesting TV show. Chicote fanfic number two thousand seven hundred and sixteen. <laughs> the doctor found his way to sick bay out of the doctor found his way out of sick bay into the mess hall where he realised he can join the hob. In there, he made a nice juicy cream that he would rub over me. Oh, Chakotay. <laughs> poor, poor Chakotay. So starved for love and attention. He's writing Dr. Fanfic now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So we're on the bridge, and uh, yeah, they start the whole popper, stopper, tug, stopper, deer, blocker, train, cow mover. Thing. Armadillo. Armadillo, shover, <laughs> wombat mover, whatever you fucking want to call it. Um, and they Skunk relocator. <laughs> Sp- <laughs> they start the spunk relocator and they try to get out, but they're, you know, the spunk is now getting stuck to the nacelles. <laughs> we all know that sp- we all know that jizz is sticky. <laughs> Especially when you're getting it in a bit of hair. <laughs> At least those nacelles don't have hair. Oh, Lord. So they're, um, yeah, trying to get out, but they're totally stuck to the nacelles. Then a big boy comes along and it's like, this is my sperm. Um, <laughs> Balana just wants to just get out and, I don't know, fire a weapon or something. And uh, Janeway agrees with that, but doesn't want to harm anything. So right decision, wrong decision. I mean, they're totally getting stuck. Well, they still don't know what these things are, what they're trying to do. I mean, this. It's a Janeway. I mean, this. Because. Sexy gourmet. Yes, they're in. Yes, they're in trouble, but science prevents her from. Oh, yes. Science is preventing her from doing the right thing. Therefore, it is the Janeway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'll take that because. Yeah, she, she, she's basically going to sit there for as long as she wants. Be like, hey, Chicote, have you got a load as big as this? Well, Catherine, why don't we find out? And Chakotay's fanfic number 3,982. <laughs> we went swimming down the river of my load. Instead of the river Styx, it was the river Dix. <laughs> I think this is the worst oh, I've been shit. for a while. <laughs> yeah, so a big, big... <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is the my favourite thing that I've written down of the whole entire thing. Big boy emits some plasma... <laughs> <laughs> and and the, and the little things start attaching to Big Boy. And uh, Chikoto realises now that it's pheromones. <laughs> so that's why they're attracted to Voyager, because Big Booty Ship is sexy as fuck, dude. Yeah, it's got some fucking good pheromones coming out of Big Booty Ship. Mm-hmm. So then Chikoto's talking about pheromones to Janeway, and I bet Janeway and her head was like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Come a little closer, Chakotay. 
Closer. Closer. And sniff. <laughs> <laughs> They realise that it's possible that these little sperm things think that Voyager could be a mate and that, mm-hmm. yeah, that the big boy is also wanting to be a mate. And I mean, what a sexy episode this is, let's face it. Like, it's all coming out of the woodworks here. It's like the least sexy, sexy episode there could be. Because who doesn't want to do it with a ship? <laughs> I mean, those nacelles are pretty girthy. Especially when they... Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going up to someone like on a date and you're like that into Star Trek and being like trying to pivot your nacelle. <laughs> That's how you pick up people at the Star Trek convention. It's like, do you have nacelles like the Enterprise D or the A? Or they're a bit like Voyagers? Or is A as big as that ship from Into Darkness? <laughs> <laughs> A big black one, that one. <laughs> Back in uh, Kez's quarters, Neelix has decided that he wants the kid. They're like, get some diapers. We're having that kid. And then Kez seems to be quite excited. She then talks about the what's called the sin, where um, a parent has to massage her feet until the tongue swells. Why does her tongue need to swell? I don't know. I feel like we're missing a very fundamental piece of information about Okumpan reproductive systems for that. Yes. And also, are Okumpans guaranteed to conceive upon mating? Well, I hope so. After after six days sitting there with your hands stuck together, I mean, how do you orgasm through your hands? Maybe maybe that's a thing that happens. I don't know. It probably happens. Maybe that's just to keep it. That's just to keep them from running away. Oh. Oh. So he's stuck to you, so he can't run away. So he'll finish the job properly. It's terrible when somebody doesn't finish. Like, yes. Yeah. So that's a good job. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. That's probably right. But I'm, I'm really, I, I really want to know: Are they guaranteed a child upon me? I think what you need to do is message Jerry Taylor. I need to because I must know because humans aren't guaranteed, you know. To conceive upon mating. No. I mean, I can't conceive at all when I'm mating. Exactly. So I must know. Back now, down in the sick bay, the doc is... This is this is a really good scene as well. And this this shows the chops of Jennifer Lean. Um, the doc is massaging her feet, but Kes is now scared. She's sort of wishing her father was with her, mm-hmm. basically to do the releasing. That he needs to be providing advice to her. But the, the doc is like, well, I, I can't provide advice. I don't know what it's like to be a father. And she sort of misses her father because they were close. And, like, it was such a good good fucking acting from Jennifer Lean. Her acting in this entire episode was just beyond amazing. Again, why they should have got rid of Garrett Wong instead of Jennifer Lean. Because sometimes the acting that comes out in Harry Kim is just woeful. Wooden. Just absolutely woeful. Sorry, Garrett Wong. And I know this will not help us ever get you on... Yeah, either of our shows. He could only do so much with what he was given, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if his heart was into it. Sometimes, I mean, I could feel like he could be a background character for the rest of his life, and it wasn't the most exciting backstory for Harry Kim. Could have been, yeah, it could have been, but I think it could have been cool if they. Yeah, kept they didn't him have to make him a mama's boy. Yeah, and just pathetic and useless. Like if he was maybe I don't know if he was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, it's like they were trying to make him into... Wesley. Um, Wesley, yeah. yeah. 
And it didn't work. But Wesley, you could understand because he was young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whereas definitely not marry Kim. No. Definitely not. Uh, so they talk about um, species are driven to biological, biologically reproduce while she, <laughs> while she was holding garlic nana hands. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just so unsexy. But yeah, Kes isn't sure that she's actually ready. Which I didn't, I wouldn't think she would be. She's not even two. Mm. She hasn't experienced so many things. Yeah, she needs to carry on. She's only, she's very young. She's still basically like equivalent to a teenager. Yeah. In, in life cycles, I guess. Uh, back on the bridge, and um, they work out that the, these sperm things are sexually attracted to the ship. Mm-hmm. Imagine getting the script for this. And who wouldn't be? <laughs> Imagine getting the, ship for th- the script for this and just being like, oh, oh, my God, what are we doing? <laughs> what the hell and then, like, is this episode? Acting it out. It's, like, weird. They potentially may have worked out that they're an aggressive adversary trying to be like, I'm going to steal mm-hmm. your sperm. No, like, this is my sperm. So, That's exactly how they were acting. So Janeway is basically telling Belana to like do some science thing and essentially like, I don't know, ram them or whatever, which again is the wrong way, I think, because that's not how you deal with it. It is the total wrong way. It's not way. how you deal with it. Yeah, it's like, no. Fight fire with no, fire. No, unless you're prepared to kill it. They tried getting away at 200 kilometers Like an elephant hour. seals? What What about elephant el- seals? <laughs> what is, where have they come into it? <laughs> it just, well, the, the giant one kind of reminded me of, of an elephant seal. Okay. Makes sense. And if you have, like, an older elephant seal and his harem... Of female yeah, seals. Okay. And the young elephant seal comes up to challenge him. Mm-hmm. You better be prepared to kill him. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's not walking away from his harem of women. Yeah. Okay. We've had a very, very uh, zoological episode today, haven't we? <laughs> yes. So, yes, ramming the giant spermy elephant seal thing wrong way. Wrong way. Sweet. Awesome. After the ramming doesn't work because it just gets rammed back faster, <laughs> Chakotay's like, hey, Captain, we should take a leaf out of Chakotay's fanfic number 9,716. In that, I decide to be submissive, and it seemed to work. So perhaps we should be submissive in this scenario. Roll over, turn ourselves blue, and the sperm will just come right off. I want to know who he was submissive to in that fanfic. <laughs> the Delaney sisters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's he's taken a leaf out of his own fanfic and uh, decided to be submissive. Jeremiah's like, oh, yeah, submissive. I like that idea. So, yeah, they roll over, <laughs> turn the ship blue, and then you get Tuvok's line. Oh, we seem to have lost our sex appeal. Now, I like Tuvok's line, but it's not as good as Captain Janeway's line. Which was? If she ever needs mating advice, she'll know who to talk to. (laughs) So say she likes. Yes, the open flirting on the bridge about mating behavior. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am all for that. I know. It's like (laughs) that needs to make it into one of his fanfics. He just ran out of the bridge and was like, "Chicote's fanfic log, start chapter (laughs) twenty-two thousand nine hundred and eight." The captain <laughs> said this to me on the bridge. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. 
but talking about literally sex on the bridge, right way, wrong way, Janeway? Yes. Definitely Janeway. Total, Total Janeway. Janeway. All right. Because <laughs> you know she wants some of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we go to the mess hall. So it turns out all of the stuff about the Elosium is all cleared up because Kess has decided that she doesn't want to conceive a child. And Neelix is upset and pissed off and disappointed by that. Which I get in yeah. a way. I feel like I get, I get it. Because it's just like she was so intent on getting him to have a child. And then he's decided that, okay, fine, I'll have one. Like, I can see it. I'm excited now. And then she changes mm-hmm. her mind. I would be annoyed and disappointed. But at the same time, he is right. It is her choice as well. It is. So. And it was just a false illusion anyway. Yeah, so they can, you know, rub hands together and play with the sack and all of that down the track. <laughs> you know? Thankfully, no. <laughs> Well, that's the, that's the sad thing. Like, we would have seen the Elosium happen again if Kess stayed on the show. Oh, and now I just got really upset because she does want a child at some point. Mm-hmm. And we know she never gets no, one. No, because she turns into energy being and then crazy being in and Fury. And then she comes back. Oh. Oh, so... I am so sad. Yeah. Oh. That sack remained empty. Rip. <sighs> Um, So he also says that he wants a daughter To look just like Kess etc And I'm like well that's kind of creepy Well that and it wouldn't Because she'd be half To lax It'd be like super hairy Not not a pretty thought So then we thought that would be the ending of the episode Because that's the whole concept Of the shows Part A and part B or What are they called Um a plot and plots. yeah, A plot and B plots have all been <laughs> wrapped up. But then we go to the ready room at the end, where Janeway is doing a uh, captain's log about kids and whether she should or shouldn't allow them, etc. But then we get a reason for Ensign Wildman being on the show because she walks in and uh, she's like, "I have a physical condition, Captain." I pray she preggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have a baby so My husband's on DS9 Do you wanna be his baby mama Janeway <laughs> So and that's it That's the end of the show And now obviously Elogium was one of those shows that Or episodes that were supposed to be in season one It was supposed to be mm-hmm. after Learning Curve And they could have And it would have made more sense Yeah It would have been perfectly fine to leave this one in Because it's landed on the fact that Oh this, this could potentially become a generational ship they could have easily have put this into season one and been the ending because it was a pretty good episode when you think about it. Fucking better than Learning yeah. Curve. Anything's better than Learning Curve. Wow. Yes. Yes, it is. Anything is better than Learning oh. Curve. No. I would take Learning Curve over the next one we have to do. Oh, don't even remind me. Moving on. <laughs> so we have the results. Do we We now? do. It's a pretty tight one. And I'm, like, holding out for suspense. In first place, we have Chakotay's fanfic at 92,827 <laughs> chapters. <laughs> no, we have two wrong ways, two right ways, and three Janeways. Woo-hoo! So this is the first Janeway, I think, of season... I was going to say season four, but no, that's like 20 years time. Season two. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So what do you think of this episode overall? I'll give you 13 seconds to describe it. JC Heaven. Oh, that was pretty quick. 
<laughs> it's not oh, 13 yeah. seconds. I know, but yeah, yeah. It's, it is. It's Janeway Chakotay's ship or heaven because there's so much flirting and innuendo and staring at lips. This launched many fanfics. We know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we uh I think it's just a pretty funny episode. It's as a bottle episode, it's simple. It has actual sperm on the TV, which is hilarious. More CGI stuff. Yeah, no, it's just one of those episodes that are fun to watch and after projections and initiations and what's gonna be coming up next with non sequitur. We need fun. We need yes. fun because season two doesn't really start off with fun. So I quite enjoyed it. No. So yeah. Good stuff. So thank you for tuning in to us. We really appreciate all of you who listen to us talk about Voyager. We'd also love it if you subscribed and gave us all the stars and a review. But more importantly now, vote for us on the People's Choice Podcast Awards at podcastawards.com to nominate and vote for our show. We are in the TV and film category as well as the Adam Curry People's Choice part. So what essentially happens here is you are nominating your favourite podcast, which of course is us because you're listening to us. And in that, you will be providing your votes towards what is going to become a top 10. And then a bunch of people will listen to our show and decide whether we're worthy of winning in the top 10. So to me, winning would just be getting into the top 10 of podcasts in our category. So yes, please nominate slash vote. And the rest would be amazing. Yeah, because I mean, fucking meme city. Other than that, Suzanne, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at KJNWay8 or at StainSass. And Liam, when you're not traveling back and forth from Melbourne to Adelaide, where can we find you online? Lockdown. You can find <laughs> me on LS74656. Just remember to follow us on Twitter at the Jane underscore way. Until next time, remember to keep doing things not the right way, not the wrong way but the Jane way and read Chakotay's fan fiction. Oh, 20 something thousand. Or just write us some actually. <laughs> I wouldn't mind you writing us some. That'll be quite interesting. That would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> we could do a supplementary episode where we read your fanfic. I would a hundred percent fucking do that. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Dismiss. That's a Starfleet expression for get out. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Beyond Farpoint, a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast. Nephew stroke inner child. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. And of course... I could make that more blatant if they tried. Oh, definitely, yeah. And you you get the... uh... And sister-in-law stroke mother. Yeah, Um, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) And of course you get that scene when they do eventually slug it out in the mud, figuratively, mentally. It's all done. Yeah, Absolutely. The, so yeah, the brother confronts him with his vulnerability. In that sentence of, did you come back here for me to look after you? Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek Review Podcast. 
Yeah, the one you mentioned with Dr. Crusher is hilarious because it gets down to her and Captain Picard. And so it's like they have this giant galaxy-class ship and there's just the two of them and he acts like it's a normal thing and it's just absolutely ridiculous, right? Two people on that giant starship. And there's even the point where where she says, computer, how many personnel would it take to run this ship? And they're like, 832 or something. And Picard's like, oh yeah, that is kind of weird, I guess. I thought we were just doing it, the two of us, you know? Like, that was pretty funny. Computer, deactivate Holosuite. It's hot. Um, are you recording us now? Are you there? Hello? You're frozen. Hello? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Are you there, Suzanne? Hello? Hello? Anybody? Bueller. Where are you? Bueller. I'm guessing that's you. There? you. I'm just messaging you. You are frozen. Because you're just stuck. <laughs> no, you're frozen. <laughs> <laughs> 